0: I thank you, Father, for uh, the privilege of having access to your word and uh, for your patience with me to study, to prepare and to finally present. Father, it is my prayer that, that your word and your, your power and your spirit would come forth and that the hearers of your word would be doers of your word and they would be encouraged by your word that they would have peace that surpasses all understanding, that there would be a joy um, that comes forth as a response from your word and truth that is everlasting and goes deeper than anything else. Father, thank you, and I pray that our hearts would be truly fixed upon this message, your word and your truth. And I ask all this for your glory through Christ our Lord. Amen. The ruler of the land one day passed a law that said you couldn't do certain things in the country. It was discovered that his mother had broken the new laws. The law keepers of the land brought the mother to her son, the king. Your mother has broken the law. You said anyone who breaks these laws would receive 20 stripes. The ruler was caught in a catch-22. He had a standard that he could not change. It applied to everyone. He really did not want the rules or the consequences to apply to his mother. He loved his mother how could he keep his standard of perfection and still honor and respect his mother how could he show love to his mother without playing favorites the king unbuttoned his shirt and told the law keepers to whip He told the man with the whip to lash him with the whip 20 times. He bent over and he took the 20 lashes for his mother. He met the demands of the law, yet he showed love and mercy to his mother by taking the penalty that she deserved on himself. Now enter Jesus Christ into this. God says that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The nature of death is eternal separation from a holy God. But Jesus Christ offered himself to be hung instead. Jesus Christ took the penalty of Calvary that you and I Deserved. God obeyed the law that He Himself had set, yet provided a substitute so that you and I could be delivered. He is both just and the justifier of all those who believe in Jesus Christ. The cross shows that any man's attempt to come to God by his own works and His own power is not enough. There is no basis for self-congratulations. We here today, we too need a justifier. We too need the love of God. Today I want to talk to you about one word that I will elaborate a little bit on. This word starts with an A. It's called atonement. And atonement is a very important word. Today I believe you will understand this word more. Better. The fact that that God made amends on our behalf is what atonement is. We read in Hebrews 9.22, you know, according to the law, one, one may all, almost say all things are cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. That's Hebrews 9.22. You see, this is atonement. This is blood spilled, and we'll we'll talk about that more in Leviticus seventeen eleven. This was an Old Testament idea and teaching. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and God says, "I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for your souls." He tells the Hebrew people, "For it is the blood, by reason of the life, that makes atonement, atonement to make amends." So today I want to talk to you about atonement, yes? Atonement does two things that you must not miss. The first thing is that it reflects the love of God. And I'll talk about that briefly. The second thing that atonement does is that it reflects the justice of God. And I will expand on that. The cause of the atonement is twofold. Don't miss this. It's love and justice of God. That's the cause of this atonement. The love and justice of God. Now, before we move on in the scriptures, before we move on with this message, I must define the word atonement for you simply. It means to make amends you've heard me say that already it means to make up for an offense to repay to redeem to rectify to make amends now let me use it in a sentence to help define she decided it was time to make amends for the hurt she had caused her family atonement. It first reflects the love of God. A cause of the atonement is the heart of God, folks. It's a simple verse and you've, well, it's the most popular verse probably in all of scripture of all time. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, a cause for the the atonement, His Son Jesus, as a propitiation, a substitute for us to take upon the wrath of God. Cause for the atonement is the love of God. God gave His all so that we could have all. John 15, 13 says this, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friend's atonement. Atonement not only reflects the love of God, but it reflects the justice of God. And this is what I will expand on this morning. If I could just simply illustrate, help define The word justice, a phrase justice served, it's like this. You're out on the interstate 185 and you're speeding and you get pulled over and you receive a ticket for speeding. That is justice served, yes? Because you broke a law and the penalty was the ticket and you have to pay, but It was somebody in front of me that just passed me, zooming by me at probably 95, did not get pulled over. That's not justice served. That's unfair. Sin is an offense to a holy and righteous God. Romans 3.23 says we all have An offense for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God all of us are guilty we're all born into a state of eternal condemnation when you are born into this world you are under the penalty of sin separated from a holy and righteous God Ephesians 2 1 to further along this idea of the penalty and, and justice. Ephesians 2 1 says, You were dead in your trespasses and sins. Paul is talking about Christians in Ephesus. He's saying, You were dead in your trespasses and sins. But he goes on, verses 4, 5, and 6, he says, blood. Listen to these three points. For God to be just, there must be a penalty. For God to be just, there must be a a penalty. The second point is, without a penalty for wrongdoings, there is no justice. You with me so far? The third point is, God can only forgive sins with a penalty. Justice is what we're getting after. We're talking about the atonement, folks. Blood must be shed. That's the penalty is the blood must be shed. In Leviticus 1711, an Old Testament teaching, God gave the Israelites, the Hebrew people, a way to take care of their sin. And he said, hey, this is what you need to do. Leviticus 17, 11, take the blood of bulls and goats. Shed it, sprinkle it, spread it. Without shedding of this blood, there is no forgiveness. Hebrews ten four. for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Houston, we have a problem. For it's impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins, then what hope do I have? Where do I go? What do I do? Because sin must be paid for. There must be a penalty for God to forgive. There must be a price paid. There must be justice. Hebrews 9.23 says this, Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Better than the blood of bulls and goats. Hebrews is all about the supremacy of Christ. There has to be a better sacrifice. There has to be something more. There's better blood. There's a better sacrifice than these. You see, brothers and sisters, there is no other way to make atonement outside of Christ. Christ must be crucified. You see, the cross is crucial and we know this because Jesus himself, in addition to all of the Bible, Jesus himself said in Matthew 26, 39 about his sacrifice, his bloodshed, that there is no other way. He says this to people in the end of the gospel, those listening, he says, and going a little farther, he fell on his face. And prayed, saying, My Father, if it be possible, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. In other words, there is no other way. He even asked, Is there another way? Surely there's enough bulls and goats of blood that we can bring to the altar to forgive sin. He said, No. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, Father. There is only one way. Christ must be crucified. They didn't understand it. Sometimes we don't remember. We don't grasp this fully, I don't think. In Luke 24, verses 25 through 27, Jesus is teaching them again about this understanding that it was necessary for him to die, for his blood to be shed. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. He's talking about Old Testament. It all points to him. Was it not necessary, verse 26, was it not necessary, Jesus says, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The cross Is crucial it's critical it's the only way the blood of Jesus now I need to ask you a question and I need you to think about this this is an important question I need you to engage mentally at this point Laser in. Here's the question. Is the cross absolutely necessary? Be careful before you answer it. Is the cross absolutely necessary in light of justice? Is the cross of Christ a necessity? Well, I offer you an answer twofold. It's yes and no. Is the cross absolutely necessary? Yes and no. Is the cross of Christ a necessity? Yes and no. In light of justice? No. But let me explain. Because you see, justice is served as we pay the penalty of our sins. Justice is served. Justice is served because we pay the penalty and that's, that's it. It's fair. You've sinned. You receive the penalty. What is penalty? It's death. Separation from God for eternity. In hell. Done deal. God is just. Justice is served. You got what you deserved. However, Hallelujah. However, the cross of Christ is an absolute necessity to save us. The cross of Christ is an an absolute necessity to save us. So you see the cruciality of the cross. Do you see it? My friends, it is not a coincidence that the cross is a symbol of Christianity and our faith. It is not a coincidence. Because it is absolutely a necessity to save us, but not necessarily, absolutely necessary for justice. You see, you can see the cruciality of the cross. Because of the blood that needs to be spilled to save us. It's not of bulls and goats. The cross is crucial because the life is in the blood. We read it. The life is in the blood. The blood of Christ. The life is in the blood of Christ. It was taken from his body, he was spilled, sprinkled, and spread to make atonement, to make amends. Our own blood will not suffice, nor the blood of any sacrifice we offer. I mean, we sing it in our hymns. Listen to hymn 337, verses 1 and 3. Nothing but the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Verse 3. Nothing can for sin atone. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nought of good that I have done. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. In the Old Testament we read in chapter 17, also in chapter 16, Hebrew people were taught to have a day of of atonement. It was this day in which they would spill blood of goats and bulls. Verse, Verse 30 in chapter 16 of Leviticus, this is the verse, for on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins yearly. Because they had to do this every year, you see. It was never a once and done thing. That's why it was an annual event, an annual festival. Day of Atonement, a reckoning. On the Day of Atonement, the priest entered the Holy of Holies, and only he could do it. Yes, once a year, he would go into the Holy of Holies to do what? To spread the blood of the bulls and the goats and to wipe things down, to offer unto God a holy and righteous God, a sacrifice for the sins of the people and atonement. Here's what's interesting about atonement, this day of atonement also known as Yom Kippur. Yes? The Hebrew folks still celebrate this, Yom Kippur, day of atonement but yet they have missed the whole point. It all points to Jesus. Also connected to this day of atonement is a day of jubilee. Don't miss this. Every 50 years there's a mark on the calendar. This day of jubilee, on the day of atonement, it's three things happen during this time. Listen to this. Number one, slaves are freed on the Day of Atonement, the Day of Jubilee, every 50 years. Slaves are freed. Debts are canceled. And land that was once lost is returned back to the owner. Why is that important? Brothers and sisters, the blood of goats and bulls did this, foreshadowing the blood of Christ. How does that apply to you and I? Slaves, we are free. Those that put their trust in Christ are no longer slaves to sin, but slaves to righteousness. You see? Debt has been canceled. No longer is your sin held against you. There's no condemnation. You've been set free because the penalty has been paid in full. Debt's are canceled. This all foreshadows Jesus and the blood of Christ. Amen? And the, the the land that was once taken is now returned back to the owner. That which was lost in the beginning is now returned. We lost connectivity with Almighty God because of sin. But the blood of Jesus does what? Returns us back unto him. Amen? This all points to Jesus. Oh yeah, remember the priest goes into the Holy of Holies? Jesus is our High Priest, and He entered the Holy of Holies when He was on the cross, and He died. There was an earthquake, and what happened in that earthquake? When Jesus was crucified on the cross and His blood was spilled to make atonement, the veil was ripped. It wasn't pulled back. It wasn't velcroed apart. It wasn't unbuttoned or unzipped. It was ripped. It's a done deal, a once and for all, where Jesus goes in on our behalf so that we can be reconnected to God based on His blood, the atonement. To make amends, to reconcile, to redeem, to rectify. He made atonement with His blood. He made atonement with His blood. Now something to ponder, something to think heavily upon. Sinful hands provided their own sacred sacrifice. Just think about it. I believe it's a fantastic thought. Let me say it again. Sinful hands provided their own sacred sacrifice crucified Jesus on the cross sinners mockers evildoers wicked people sinful depraved man slaughtered Jesus Christ the King of Kings on the cross at Calvary sinful hands provided their own sacred sacrifice they didn't even know it they didn't realize The blood that they were shedding was the same blood that would make atonement for them. Wow. Talk about God working for the good in the midst of the chaos. In the midst of our sin, he works good. Sinful hands provided their own sacred sacrifice. Before you wag your finger at the mockers, it is you. You and I have done this. It is our sin. Our hands were in in that act. We took part in this sin offering by shedding the blood of Christ because it's our sin that the blood is shed. Now to review to glean a few lessons learned. There's a few lessons learned sprinkled throughout this message on atonement. Atonement means to make amends, to make things right, to redeem. We talked about atonement reflecting both the love and the justice of God. We also talked about a penalty, it cannot be avoided. We also spoke of this cross, the cruciality of the cross for us to be saved. But that it was not necessary for justice because we face the penalty and that is just. We are reminded that there is no other way for us to be saved or forgiven. Jesus is the only way, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Life is in the blood. His blood was taken pure and perfect and holy as an offering and we trust in his blood because our blood is tainted. Life is in the blood. The life and death of Christ is our atonement, the life and the death, not just the blood sacrifice, but the life because he had to live pure and perfect without sin so that when he was crucified, so that when he was slaughtered for our sin, it was a perfect without blemish sacrifice. So the life and the death of Christ is our atonement, our sin. is that which shed the blood of Christ. So in closing, what should your response be? What should my response be regarding the atonement? That reflects two things, the love and the justice of God. Well, I I have a few thoughts to offer. I think our response to this truth is that our worship should be deeper and wider and greater, longer. I think our thanksgiving should be greater, deeper, more profound, more regular. I think that our perspective of the birth of Christ and Christmas should be altered. There it is. You've been wondering, how does this even Link up to Christmas time. As we focus upon the atonement, I think the life and the death of Christ should be viewed differently. The birth of Christ, specifically, Christmas time, our perspective should be changed. Yes, unto us a Savior is born, but also unto us a sacrifice is born. Look there. Look there at the baby. It's Christmas. Look there in the manger. Look there wrapped. Yes, that's a savior. That's our savior. But that is a sacrifice. That is a sacrifice. And I close with this. An utmost necessity to save us. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, for the atonement. Thank you for this truth. And may we never cease to think in such a way and to always point to you, look to you, trust in you, and stand upon you. Thank you for what you've provided for us, something that we will never comprehend now or either in eternity future, in the eternal future, we will never fully comprehend this great sacrifice. But Father, we thank you and we love you. It is my prayer, if there's someone here today that does not understand what Jesus has done for them, that they would come to trust in you and you alone in nothing but the blood of Jesus, our religion, our good works, None of that makes it possible. Not even close. Father, surely it's probably more disrespectful. It's more disgusting to you when we try to offer anything to gain goodness with you or to gain salvation because we are indirectly saying something about the blood of Jesus as if we don't need it, as if it wasn't enough. So I pray, Father, that today would be the day of salvation. That there's someone here today that doesn't know you, that's only trusted in the religion or thought that their good works was getting them there, that they would right now, today, repent of their sin, turn from their sin and turn to you, turn to the blood sacrifice and rest in that and claim that and receive that. Your word says that he who believes in his heart and confesses with his mouth shall be saved. May we believe in our heart what Jesus has done for us and confess with our mouth on this day, if we have not done that, that we may be saved. And I say amen to that. Father, we love you and we thank you. It is through Christ I pray. Amen.